A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is, why do we do this? Andy insists on having this great big pole. Because we're not, John. We're, we're standing less than a foot away from each well, other. Because you're blocking everything. No, but it's John, John Cadogan. He, he was practically breaking his arm trying to lean away from us. It's ridiculous. He'll go in the pub till 10 o'clock at night, but we have to have this pole. Anyway, look, this is not your problem, listeners. Uh, <laughs> We've got to get a picture of this, and we'll show you what we're talking about. Anyway, we had some fine guests with us today. Uh, David Hepworth, author, journalist, broadcaster, Tottenham fan, popped in. Talk about his new book. Uh, Luke Kempner is going to be in Spitting Image. He's a big Arsenal fan, fantastic impressionist. He took us through some of the voices, didn't he, Andy? Yeah, he was good. He was on good form as ever. And we spoke to a guy called Chris Talbot. Who had a terrible forfeit as part of losing his uh, mate's fantasy football league. Plus, some bits from us. Here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And uh, I, I was watching football last night, but I've decided it's not great this year's Carabao Cup. I don't know whether it's come too soon. It's all they should call it the Combination Cup. You know, the old Reserve League. <laughs> Is it any coincidence you went out of it on Tuesday? Well, that's that? got something to do with it. Of course, yeah. <laughs> 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 You're not quite as interested in it. No, now. Newport are a bit unlucky. That's the second time actually yeah. that a team that's pegged back the lead has gone on to win the penalty shootout. Yeah. So it's something to do with the momentum. The two terrible penalties there by Newport. But what can you do? Mm. And I had an experiment last night during the game because I was a bit bored, to be honest. Oh, and uh, <laughs> okay, fair I, enough. I'll ask you this question. You can probably do it either later today or during the program. Can you name Spurs' best eleven? Can you put it down on paper? It's an interesting exercise. The best eleven of all time. No, no, all no. The no currently, currently, if you had to pick the team for the next game and you had everybody available. What would be your best team? And I bet it wouldn't be as difficult as it was for me when I tried to do it with Chelsea. The first attempt, I ended up with 13 players. <laughs> Honestly. I tried a 3-5-2 followed by a 4-3-3. I just couldn't get everybody in. Surely if you set yourself the parameters of those numbers, you can get 11 in, can't you? If you give yourself a 3-5-2, surely you shouldn't get 13. I don't know it's how it Mike happened. Mike Parry mathematics, that is. The only one that worked was a 4-2-3-1, honestly. He's, no wonder well, he's got a problem. The good thing is it's not your problem, is no, it? It's, it's Frank's problem. problem. Yeah. You can just berate him for it when he gets it wrong. I showed you, I just finished uh, one of my little doodly paintings last night and it has got quite a lot of black in it, I showed you. And, and black. I, and yes. I bought, I bought oh, some paint. I didn't have any at home, so I went to the art shop yesterday on the way here to work, and I bought this black paint, but it wasn't the usual one I bought. The usual one I bought is sort of water-based. This was 
oil-based. Okay, right. So yeah. I started cleaning the brush, and I got this oil all over, black oil all over my hands, and I couldn't get it off. It was wow. like I'd been rescuing seabirds. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. So what happened then? You well, got I just the had to keep scrubbing out, and scrubbing. I ruined one of the chairs in the dining room. Sue wasn't happy with me. Honestly. Oh, wow, what a, disaster, a night. What, a, really. what an incredible night. It's great that you bring in those little personal <laughs> touches to, uh, to what's did, going on in your did life. Did you see that Neymar owes more than anyone else in Spain in tax, back tax? Wow. 34.6 million he owes in back taxes. He can afford it, though, can't he? He should see my man, Trevor Immelman. Yeah, that's right. It saved him a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> he would. That's a very good idea. And Clive Tilsley is going to be the new face of Just Eat. I can't believe it. Wow. Is he, is he, on, is he going to be on the same money? <laughs> as uh, Snoop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if he is, we won't be hearing from him again. He'll be coming up in a solid gold sedan chair. <laughs> is he doing a rap with him? Did that somebody say, one. just eat? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah I, I think he might be. Yeah, that's, oh, that's a, amazing, that's a good chance. So there you go. Um, now, the occasional series we have, I bet he's fun to have a pint with. Oh, uh, I know who you're going to Somebody about. who pops up in the papers. Not old Brian Maddox. <laughs> it's, it's good old Brian Maddox, 50. Um, he's a Doctor Who fan, and he has at least a million items of memorabilia at home in uh, in Wigan. Oh dear, uh, what can the mattocks be there, yeah. I'm afraid? Well, it's, it's, so you, so you've gone out, you've thought, I'll have a little sneaky one in the pub, I'll read the paper. And you're sitting there on your own, you're really enjoying your own company, that's what you've gone in there for. Yeah. And then suddenly this voice goes, and I'm guessing, I mean, I may be doing a bit of service. Yeah, I bet he does. And I won't do the Wigan accent, I'm working on the basis. He's from the home counties and he moved up there. But uh, suddenly you hear this voice go, afternoon. Of course. So, hello, mate. <laughs> Oh, you're a doctor. Uh, you're a Doctor Who fan, and uh, well, you know, I watch it if it's on, mate. You know, I'm not saying I'm a big fan. I have over a million items of memorabilia from from photo, the show. I saw a photo of him in one of the other papers because this was in the sun. All oh, right, and he, he had the scarf and everything. Yeah, you know, the John, and then you start going. Well, that's Baker. very interesting, mate. But I'm just having a re- <laughs> item one. Do you remember the the Yeti? Yeah, I get the idea, mate. And you never drunk a pint so quick in your life. And you're gone. You're gone looking for the pub down it's the road, true. hoping he doesn't follow you. So right, there we are. I bet he's fun to have a pint with. It's true. And did you see that story, the front page story actually about Jeremy Corbyn? He's had to apologise yes, because yeah, there yeah. were extra people. He had uh, the rule of eight yeah. as they worked. That's to. right. But unlike Dominic Cummings, he did apologise. I think you should have just claimed the extra guests were opticians. <laughs> I had to invite. I had a problem with my eyes. Yeah, it could have they been. They could only do visits. If you look in the background, one of them's holding up a chart. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that does tend to work, doesn't it? That does tend to get you off the hook. Some kind of optical excuse. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Joining us now, a regular guest on the show to tell us about the mm. return of spitting image, which he's very much part of. His Arsenal fan and impressionist, Luke Kempner. Good afternoon, Luke. Hello, lads. How are we? Yeah, we're good, thanks, Luke. Yeah, we're good. You've, good made, you've made many of the papers today because I know you've popped. Oh, really? On. Well, you were on uh, GMTV yesterday, weren't you? With uh, yes, with, uh, Piers and Good Morning Britain with Piers Morgan. Yes, I was there. Oh, yeah, showing him in his puppet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just as grotesque as we thought it'd be. <laughs> he, he, he actually enjoyed it a little bit too much. He did. He liked it, didn't he? Yeah, that was slightly annoying, wasn't it? <laughs> Matt, it was, I'm doing it with uh, Matt Ford is uh, absolutely brilliant and he's uh, writing on the show and he's uh, playing Boris and Trump and uh, he just said, like, right as the interview was ending, he was like, I'm annoyed you like it so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's clever, yeah, Matt, yeah, isn't great. he? He does do a brilliant Trump. No question oh, he's about brilliant. That. Yeah, yeah, and he does, uh, he does a great... Um, 
What's the, uh, Jim White as well. He does an amazing Jim White impression. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, at, you have to. The, yeah, yeah. Find it Jim's out. Jim's not yeah, in great. spitting image, is he? Get him to make a no, puppet. No, oh, no. We try. Yeah. We, oh, but, <laughs> there's so many people that have either said to me, "Oh, is there going to be one of me?" Or like, you know, people going, "Oh, do you think this person?" But the thing is, it's changing all the time because as as it's topical and things. So like, you know, there could be new puppets at any time. Yeah. Mm. I used to, I did a little bit of writing on the on the the first uh, oh great it was years and years ago yeah and, yeah uh, used to used to kind of hang out sometimes at the studios with, with the fellas when okay. we were writing stuff but the uh, they would record stuff up to the very last minute often they'd be recording so they'd go out at ten o'clock and they'd still be editing things at about quarter to ten uh, oh, real wow. last minute topical bits mm. and pieces so I mean it's I wonder if that sort of thing's going to be happening this time around because the news does yeah. change so quickly doesn't it. I mean, you're absolutely right. And, you know, like this week is where we really gear up to do a lot of um, a lot of the recordings. You know, it's like three hours recording yesterday. Then Friday, there's going to be another hour of recording. And it goes out on Sunday. So I'm not sure if anything last minute will happen. But, yeah, it's really, really up to the minute. And you're just sort of, you know, it's amazing to be part of something that, you know, like even like I'm playing Dominic Raab and like it, 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 his voice is so sort of, you know, uninteresting. But, you know, I've given him a really big, you know, he's sort of like, you know, uni, everything's great. And like, <laughs> it's sort of like that kind of voice. But it's like he could suddenly become prime minister if something happens. And then suddenly you could be the lead for the next, you know, two That's months. True. So it's like, you just have no idea. Has it been problematical for the producers, though, because the satire at this time, it strikes me it's quite difficult. People are so sensitive either yeah. way. <laughs> you know, it's all right to... Re there's one strata of people you can sort of criticise, but everybody else you yeah. can't, you know, so... The, and Spitting it, Image was pretty savage, wasn't mm. it? And it didn't, it, yeah, it didn't yeah. show any quarter, really, so that's a bit more difficult to do, isn't it, these days? I mean, I know what you mean. Like, there wasn't anything like Twitter and that around, um, you know, back in the sort of late 80s and 90s. But, you know, I think because they're puppets, they can get away with a lot. And we're always, I think, going at the, the right sort of targets. And, you know, we released the Greta Thunberg puppet the other day and there was a lot of people sort of having a bit of a problem with that. But it's like when they see it, like I, I actually played Greta Thunberg's boyfriend in the show. Right. And, I'm, and, and I can't tell you any more than that, but it is one of my favourite parts. But there's nothing, uh, there's nothing horrible towards her. It's It's her character she's a big celebrity she liked the picture of it as well like i can't i can't tell you like it i for me the tone is absolutely perfect on all of it i've seen a, a, a jürgen klopp puppet so ah, there's some fo some football in here isn't there yeah, look, that's going to be me, of course. You know, really, really happy about that. You know, fantastic book. <laughs> it's nice to be someone complete opposite to Piers Morgan, you know, someone around the world who's universally liked. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> it's good. a good puppet as well. It looked, it looked very oh, good. fantastic. I mean, the puppets are incredible. I think the, the biggest shame really is that, you know, if it wasn't for for coronavirus and stuff you know we would be around the puppets more where <clears> you know a lot of the time it's happening we're either recording from home and we're not often you know like me and matt ford have known each other for years and it's like we're never getting a chance to be in the same room together because of all the restrictions um but uh, but that's the way it's got to be you know and it's just great that the, the show's been made is there a COVID nineteen puppet? That's what it looks like there is. Yeah, there's a, there's a there's a coronavirus puppet, but I can't, I can't, <laughs> no, again I can't say can't any more say than too that. Much. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's very very funny. You you couldn't get him to make an Arsene Wenger puppet, unfortunately, no. Well, well, you know, here we go with a bit of uh, a bit of insight is that there isn't a Wenger puppet, but I have to do Emmanuel Macron. And uh, as I was doing Macron, I, I, you know, I sort of started it a little bit higher and then, uh, you know, I did put a little bit more acid in it and they were like going, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Keep it lower. And in my head the entire time, like, look, this is. 
simply my impression of Arsene, I must say. But uh, so when you, when you see episode one, uh, you might spot a little bit of Arsene, yes. <laughs> that sounds good. So who else are you going to be doing in, in the series, Luke? Um, so I'm doing uh, Piers Klopp, uh, Ronaldo, mm. Rob, uh, Macron. I play people like David Furnish and Brad Pitt. Wow. Um, and I do a lot of the singing as well because the end of every episode is a song. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, my background in musical theatre, which course, I'm sure you're very well aware very, of. Very much. So, yes. yeah. um, <laughs> you know, it's great that I'm I'm getting a chance to do so much of the singing and rapping and uh, and it, yeah, like so. And the like I say, the characters are changing all the time. <laughs> like yesterday, I know a Matt Hancock is around, uh, so like <laughs> I'm I'm I know that I, I've had to be watching videos and and listening to that. So we'll we'll see uh, if Matt Hancock can make it into episode one, but. Who knows? Yeah, some very good writers as well, new writers oh, and of course established writers. So yeah, and so there's a bit of an American flavour mm. to it this time as well, is there? Yeah, yeah. There's more of that because it's on BritBox, and the Americans are going to get a chance to see it as well. <laughs> but there's, but we've got American <laughs> voice me. artists from The Simpsons and Futurama. Um, so it's not just English voices because right. I, I, you know, I think it's it's important to get some of the American dialects are absolutely perfect if it's going to be shown to an American audience. Yeah. Um, so they've just they've just worked so hard about getting every part of it right. Now there was a march through. Uh, London yesterday of pantomime dames, uh, you know. Oh well, I thought you might think. <laughs> yes, well, he, he was on Biggins, and I just immediately thought of you. <laughs> oh, was he on the television? I didn't see him, but I tell you what, as soon as I see Biggins, I get excited and in a perfectly professional way. I must say, he did a fantastic thing. He was on, um, he was on the kind of London local news yeah, last yeah. night, oh, post, yeah. and yeah. Uh, he was sitting there explaining, talking about the plight of panto and theatre generally. He was brilliant as always. Yeah, but behind him was this uh, kind of line drawing of a sort of of a, of a bum basically there's another way of putting it just, uh, just that's all it was and I thought he'd obviously he's done that as a bit of devilment he's put himself in in line with that picture so it's all over the the yeah, six o'clock news sat on my shoulder why not uh, <laughs> that's great I mean if only there was a Biggins puppet if I begged them enough maybe yeah. maybe one in but it is you know it is incredibly uh, uh you know of course being from musical theater background and you know working in comedy like you know it's a real real uh, tough time for the arts and stuff so i think uh, you know any sort of um uh, publicizing of it is is important that's what you said there is interesting someone like you did arson wenger because mac they did macron as wenger but that would allow you to probably there is somebody out there and they have no discernible voice maybe you could yeah. make them biggins i don't know just the <laughs> idea that might be that might be quite That'd nice be just to make somebody out of nowhere biggins. I mean, I'd like it anyway. Yeah, just no, be good. do it for us. Yeah. So, um, Elon, yeah. Elon Musk, for example. Elon, yeah, no Elon one Musk knows could easily be biggins, like. couldn't he? Yeah, of course. And that'd be perfect. That'd be perfect. <laughs> um, so, a quick one on the Arsenal then. So, how are you feeling? It's, it's not going too badly, is it? So, you know, obviously, you know, I'm very pleased with Mikel Arteta. He's doing a fantastic job. I just need Meza Hazel to take a negotiation lower contract, I must say. But, um, <laughs> that's, a good, um, that's coming on, that. That's good, isn't it? Well, yeah. yeah okay. Negotiable is the best impression, okay? But um, I think... Uh, you know, look, I'm feeling good. I think it was good that we didn't. <laughs> I'm so used to getting beaten five-one by Liverpool. So, you know, to only lose three-one. If Lacazette had taken his chances, then we might have nicked something. I think for me, it's all about top four, and um, I think there's other teams around that I thought Chelsea would start better. I thought United would start better. Yeah, forget that. You know, really. So we'll we'll see. <laughs> Arsenal, we'll see. Arsenal will be top four. They will be. You think? I do. Oh, I like yeah. I'm very, very convinced about that. Get yeah. that recorded now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's Saturday. It's available on BritBox. Is that right? 
It's Sunday. Sunday. Oh, Sunday. I, I do apologise. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, Sunday, I think it's coming on Britbox. And uh, yeah, so it's it's a really exciting time to be part. Because t- to be honest with you, like I, when I grew up, I didn't really know much about it. I just knew there was these this, these scary puppets. Mm. So like. You know, but as soon as I sort of announced I was doing it, like I had no idea like how excited people were about yeah. the show. So it's um, you know, there's a lot of pressure for it to be to be great. But I, from everything I've seen and worked on, like yeah. it's great. And the puppets themselves look like you know maybe the te- obviously the technology's moved on in the thirty yeah. or so years, and yeah. uh, you can see there's probably more they can do with the puppets than they they could do. They were brilliant then, but they they're even more brilliant now. I'd say just look amazing yeah. like and and for me like i've only seen sort of little bits and bobs because we record the voices first and then the puppeteers mm. match up to us so um there's a press screening on friday so i'm very excited to to see uh, how it all comes together yeah. good stuff luke uh, we look forward to it and we'll catch up with you soon all the best the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast from talk sport we're going to talk a bit of uh, fantasy league and i don't know how seriously you uh, listeners take uh, the old fantasy league football but uh, clearly chris talbot and his mates take it very seriously indeed they have a forfeit system <laughs> it's brilliant for the stragglers uh, in the league and uh, chris finished bottom of uh, his mates fantasy football league and his uh, penance was to uh, basically spray himself gold and um, be one of the be a human trophy a football trophy human sta- one of those people that doesn't move and has to ignore people sort of being rude and abusing them yes yeah, just to stand there sprayed in gold not move stock steel you only a, move when there's somebody gives you some money on a plinth generally that, uh, that, that uh, yeah set him out as a fantasy football loser uh, he joins us now uh, good afternoon Chris hello how you doing good thank you yes so um, I mean was this forfeit set at the start of the season or was it sprung on you when you finished bottom uh, yeah it was sprung on me when I finished bottom so uh, I found out on the day uh, what I was going to be doing. So I didn't actually know beforehand at all. Right, OK. So what, what have they? is this the first time they've had a forfeit or have others suffered in similar circumstances in the past? Um, I'm the eighth one. So I think, yeah, we've had uh, we've done the league for about 10 years and then, and then uh, eight years of forfeits. Um, but, yeah, this one, uh, probably milder than some of the other ones, okay. uh, given like that. Yeah. OK, so not the same... Can you, can you tell us then, with, with, at this time of day, what some of the other forfeits have been <laughs> or not? It yeah, doesn't sound like you can. Not that, not that, uh, not, not that day, but, um, for example, you know, someone did like a bush tucker trial where they eat all sorts of horrible things like dog food. And uh, we did one where a guy had to get a belly button piercing um, and go on a night out. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. Nothing too... Yours sounds silly. better than that, more fun, actually. Yeah, I think I've gone away with it. Yeah. Well, now, when you were sort of painting yourself gold was there and you know the film goldfinger there's a situation there where shirley Eaton paints herself and she dies because she doesn't leave any you've space you got to leave i mean i'm not sure that stacks up it was a bond film andy it wasn't it wasn't scientifically proven and maybe paints have moved on since about 1966 i don't know Probably. but did you leave that little shirley Eaton gap just in case she so you didn't suffocate yeah, yeah i think the boys actually made a joke about that at the time like, <laughs> she just left like one patch of her back or her stomach <laughs> they thought she might suffocate or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah they, were, they were they were joking about that, but um, no, the 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 outfit was kind of already pre-done. So they only they only like painted my face, kind of legs and arms, uh, just to kind of uh, fill it all in, really. Yeah. And how, how long were you standing there for? Um, so they made me stand in different spots for about thirty, forty minutes to an hour, maybe at different times. So one point outside Brixton Station, different Clapham stations, outside pubs. 
uh, end up being for about six, five or six hours throughout the day. I think. <laughs> wow. What reaction did you get from passers-by? Um, mostly being called a loser because they they uh, <laughs> loser, loser on the back <laughs> and they wrote loser on the plinth. Um, I had uh, mostly people talking like gibberish or nonsense, but um, I did have one girl which is quite funny um, walk up to me. She's probably about nine or ten. Um, she told me that I could just go home if I wanted to. I didn't have to stand there. <laughs> I could make a choice to just go home. She's very assured and. Kind of very serious about it. It was quite funny. Oh, well, fantastic! Um, it's they did a very good job. I mean, it looks like it, I don't know if it, whoever did this is somebody who works with these statues, but they, it's a nice paint. It's a nice paint job they did on you and on the outfit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's John. So John Fuller, he's kind of jokingly called himself my publicist now because he <laughs> he kind of devised most of it and he created uh, all of the uh, material. I think he studied something similar like that, like uh, theatre design or. Oh, I can't remember, but um, yeah, it's kind of his nature. He's very, very creative. So yeah, and you and had to go on public transport. Yes, and they made me a gold mask, so that's <laughs> nice. well, that's very so nice. I was at least COVID safe, and you know, safe for others. Did you make any money? Uh, I didn't, not for myself, <laughs> but um, a guy did put his. Uh, there was a homeless guy uh, in Brixton. He put his, um, his cup down. He winked at me. And uh, he probably made a couple of quid. But, uh, <laughs> so, that's great. So you so, were he had you working for that's brilliant. Had yeah. you working for so, yeah. so this season have you got have you more confident in your team that you've got? Uh, I have to be right. I mean, I was so bad last year. Um, I'm currently mid table. Right. Uh, I think, and we've actually got two less people this year because two people decided to drop out in the summer in between the two seasons. So we've got less people now. So it probably is a bit more pressure on me, but. I don't think I'll ever finish bottom again. Yeah, that's right. It does focus the mind, really focus the mind, yeah, isn't it, it does. a little thing like this? Well, yeah. good to see you. You're a good sport, Chris. Thanks very much for joining us. All the best. No worries. Thanks. There we are. Go and check yeah, out the pictures. You'll, story, fi- yeah. you'll find them online and in your newspapers. It's uh, basically, you've seen them before. People painted gold standing stock still in the street yet. This is someone not doing it for money, but uh, a forfeit. So, I once witnessed a sort of turf war between two of these fellas. Oh, they yeah. Do, you know, they're quite protective. Oh, yeah, it would be. It would be. Yeah. You can't stand on someone else's spot, can you? Yeah, really? yeah no. So you've got, got what happened? About, if you're not allowed to move. Can no, you have they a, did start moving. They had a bit of an off, didn't <laughs> they? had a big off. Yeah, the big argument, yeah. Really? Yeah. I wonder if it was... raised so much money. I wonder what sort of paint they use. He's clearly got it off. It's not like a, a, a young Kenny situation. Maybe it's been the paint out of my hand last night. He bought the wrong paint. Good old Andy. That was the story you missed at the top of the show. Andy used an oil-based paint and then basically smeared it all around the house like a five-year-old. A few listeners have given me uh, tips for it. It won't dry. That's the other thing on the painting. Oh, okay. It's still wet. What about that? So obviously you artists, you do wrong. suffer for your art, well, don't I'm you? Not, that's the problem. I'm not an artist, so I don't know what I'm doing. That's okay. half the problem. <laughs> okay. And oh. thanks very much for the half a cup of tea again. Marvellous. <laughs> well, made it. Because you don't want to spill it when you're coming in. It's a health and safety it's issue. Short you as you boil water Drop now. it in the equipment. <laughs> oh, you're never thankful. Someone makes you a cup of tea and the only thing you can do is moan. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. A lot of the papers are featuring uh, Kipchoge, the marathon runner's yeah. uh, new shoes. There's a quite controversial thing that uh, Bekele, who also is his main rival, is going to use the older version. He can't get on with this new version. And they put a picture of them in the Times this morning. I mean, they cost 250 quid. They're ridiculous. He might as well have motorised springs on his feet. <laughs> they're not even like shoes. Really? Yeah, they're incredible, really. I don't know. Uh, they're about 250 quid a pair. He said, uh, but Kelly said they're good for walking. Said, well, I do quite a lot of walking. Perhaps I should get a pair. But <laughs> It's a lot for a good pair of walking I was thinking of getting a pair of those sticks, you know, those poles that you see oh, people... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see people traversing Chiswick Highway. You think, well, it's not that... Alpine like is well, it's, it? Well, right? basically, it's the same workout that you get. You, the the idea is you're working it's a cross trainer. Isn't yeah, it? you're kind of working your arms as well as your legs, but they are, you know, they they give you a certain look. I could see you with those poles, and coming to work <laughs> with those poles, that would be good. Tremendous. Uh, the scar, the scar. I think she called it the scar. The star. I've got a brilliant scare story today. Oh, yeah, I can uh, see why you did that. I yeah. know. Uh, people, uh, not only are they stockpiling toilet paper now and reasons that are inexplicable yeah um but they're now stockpiling christmas puddings apparently according to why would they i mean how many christmas puddings you, do you have one don't you, you? Can only just about get through one no matter how many if you've got 20 people at your table <laughs> it's normally one's enough what about no that? one likes it that's, do they? that's well, a scary tale that is very few people do that champions league draw tonight's going to be very interesting it could be tricky for liverpool really yeah and pot three is a nightmare it's got atalanta inter and rb leipzig in it so i mean if you're you know, one of the English teams, and you get a decent team from pot one, and one of those three in pot three, you're going to struggle. It's going to be, you know, interesting qualifying. Have you year. have you looked at your potential group of death? Nah, I can't be bothered, really. It's I'm just no going to see what happens. See what comes out. You're yeah. in pot two, aren't you? Yes, we are, yeah. And say Liverpool, the only, I mean, that pot one, uh, Bayern Munich, Sevilla, Real Madrid, Liverpool, Juventus, PSG, Zenit, and Porto. So I suppose from yeah, your Zenit point of view, Porto would be quite. You wouldn't useful. mind a bit of Porto or Zenit? Would you prefer? Let's give you. Let's build you a nice, easy group. Uh, well, Porto is probably if easier to visit. Easier to visit, year. but um, okay, all right. Let's say you got Porto, Chelsea. Yeah, well, there's um, none of those three that I just mentioned. Who else? RB, yeah, RB Leipzig, Leipzig, Atalanta, or Inter, all better than Chelsea. Yeah, okay, you'd probably like Red Bull Salzburg, would you? 
And, yes. And Ferenc Varos. Oh, yeah, definitely. Then. Yeah, or Bazak Shahir from Istanbul. You wouldn't mind We've them, would you? We've got two Turkish teams in pot three. Um, that's pots three and four. Oh, that is. right. Okay. Uh, French virus, Hungarian. They're not. Uh, oh, sorry. Not yeah, what talking about? Yeah, yeah. I thought we Fenerbahce. Sorry, yeah. I was getting confused there. So yeah, they're, you're right. There are some tough old uh, groups. Mm. It doesn't start till it, they're all going to be truncated though. Normally they're played over twelve weeks and be played over eight weeks, aren't they? They're all quite. They're going to be. It starts on the twenty first mm. of October to the eighth December. So starting later. But having to squeeze them in yeah. to a more well, uh, concentrated like amount of days. Everything this season very concentrated. Yeah. Did you see a sonic boom from an, an airline? Well, air, I would have heard airplane. it. I probably wouldn't have seen well, it. Well, it disrupted the it disrupted the French Open. Did I it? thought it was Lisa after her lunch. <laughs> <laughs> No, only, only joke. Only joke. I would have been old school, that was. <laughs> a sonic boom. Because um, I know she's coming up. So there was a big there thing. Go. There was a big thing in the paper today about mm. um, about influencers, Andy, and the different the, the, the leading women influencers. Oh, Rita Ora, she's made an absolute fortune. It's yeah. incredible. Well, this wasn't... So, about 14 million followers. This is though, just this, kind of average... This is average people who've, who've kind of created this role for themselves. Oh, it's not celebrities. Oh, yeah, really? Ordinary people that yeah. have, have done very well for themselves by becoming an influencer and they had things like you know the the the, the keep it real influencer was one that I saw there. Oh, but who's that? I, I don't know it was I, I should know really I should be keeping it real <laughs> and finding out but it was just a great big long list of them yeah. but it's from how many people go into the, the job centre or whatever it's called these days and uh, they say you got anything at the moment I say yeah we've got a couple of things we've got uh, a <laughs> factory job at the minute if you fancy that a bit of office work or they're looking for an influencer. You fancy being an influencer? What do I have to do? Well, you just have to influence people. I never yeah, understood. Have you got I, a mobile phone? I'll give what's that her a name. Zoella. Look, um, when she first hit the yeah, scene. Yeah, Andy, you're not the target audience. Never, are you? I mean, Hello. I've got yeah, some new makeup. Yeah, but it's lovely, isn't it? It would be fantastic, isn't it? As, as much as you sometimes, as much stupid, as you sometimes act like one, you are not a 15 year old girl. Are but you? it is interesting because you see that Bake Off, the first of the new series. Yeah. Was the big highest rating show for sixteen to thirty-four year olds this year? Oh wow! And it, it is interesting. So people, these broadcasters—they do everything to chase the young audience and buy things like Farsu Barker and stuff like that. Yeah. But actually, you know, things with Prue Leith and actually attract, you know. Younger people, because it's actually a good show. Maybe Prue will become an influencer. She could she be could, the, yeah. the Zoella of your generation, Andy. <laughs> That's what you'd want. If you, ever, if you ever want an example of what football can do to people, mm. look no further than the game between two paramedics in the new paramedic league. It basically, a leg break tackle sparked fury on the pitch. I don't know about you, but I, I find paramedics are to be the best of people. Yeah. Really, whenever you, if you're unfortunate enough to have to go across them, they do such a brilliant job, and they're so brilliant in the way they are. So the idea that you know that they're playing football together and that this would happen in a match it shows you that football does inflame passions oh yeah not much yeah, I think I think we're all we're all right across that aren't we certainly yeah definitely and I've noticed that there's a kind of tablet it's a bit like planning news this is a sort of tabloid attack yes. on Gordon Ramsay so basically what they do is they wait till they go through TripAdvisor the papers and they wait they go through all these restaurants and then they wait till somebody says £3.50 for a piece of toast <laughs> £8.50 for, you know, a glass of water. Well, don't go <laughs> there. It's it not is. aimed at you, is it? It's is not aimed it is? at... £8.50 for a glass well, of water. Is, you know oh, OK. Saying, you Blimey, know. OK. going to get me into trouble. And then there are letters. Like oh, £3.85 for a slice of toast in Ramsey County. Glad I went to Sainsbury's. It's not for you, is it, mate? That's the point. <laughs> don't, you're never going to go there, so what do you care? Oh, well. Oh, these people. OK. Yeah, OK. Anything else you're going to get off your chest? <laughs> Probably. I think this is uh, cathartic for you, isn't it? <laughs> Should we leave it there? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast 
from TalkSport. Making a welcome return to the studio to chat about his uh, latest book, Overpaid, Oversexed and Over There, How a Few Skinny Brits with Bad Teeth. Rocked America is uh, journalist, author and broadcaster and Spurs fan David Hepworth. David, good to see you again. Good afternoon. Nice Thanks to be here. Thanks for coming in. Um, so both Andy and I, we've talked about this before when you've mm. come in, very taken with the old cover style. Between you and the good people at Penguin, you've got this look, this kind of garish orange, which is a bit like a sort of Barcelona third kit. <laughs> but it stands out on the shelves. Whenever I go into a bookshop, mm. you can tell the David Hepworth section. We, and uh, it's it's a good little design, very striking. We, we bought a job lot of orange, <laughs> orange <laughs> ink, you orange, know, some yeah. while ago. Now, the decision was taken between the first book and the second book not to change the colour. Right. That it was better that, to have people recognise it. Uh, and to recognise the kind of family of books, and so that's what they've quite successfully achieved. It's always, it's always an interesting old black and white picture that you probably haven't seen before, or if you've seen it, you haven't seen it too often, yeah. and then the same uh, orange background. It's, I, I uh, said to you, it's like wisdom. It's more. It, it's, yeah, so the David <laughs> you've got the black and white. Picture, and you've also got a, a bit underneath, which is excellent. Too. Yeah, there's a great picture on the cover of uh, of the stones in in, in drag. Yeah. Have you never seen that picture no. before? Right. Well, that was taken in 1966 to go with. Have you seen your mother, baby, standing in the shadows? Mm. And it was decided that it would be a good idea for them to dress up as women, which was very adventurous at the time for a, for a rock group to do that. Yeah. Uh, and they dressed up as their version of kind of American, a uh, mm. middle-aged and older women. Mm. You know. They're looking like Lucille Ball or Betty Grable and so forth. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it works in because it gets over some of the kind of outrage uh, uh, that uh, British groups caused when they went to America in yeah. the 1960s. You, you, you kind of kick off with with the Beatles when they first went there and those Ed Sullivan show appearances that were shown on TV a, a year or so ago. And the thing that really strikes you is just how terrible Ed Sullivan was. Oh, yes. <laughs> how did he have a career in TV? It was <laughs> he, awful. He did. He lasted all. <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago. He was a gossip columnist, wasn't he? He was a oh. newspaper man who moved into television when television arrived, and he ran American entertainment at the time that the Beatles went there. You know, yeah. so they were incredibly fortunate yeah. to go there and to get on his show and to go two weeks running in his show and get yeah. two spots uh, on the show, and it got the largest, what was the largest television audience in history at that point. The the previous largest one had been Kennedy's funeral which had taken place just two months earlier. Mm. And everybody thought that would never be uh, outstripped because it was two months later yeah. by the Beatles. And it, that expression, big in America, you sort of tackled that, don't you? That came from this whole thing, didn't it? Absolutely, because what the reason, you know, the, the, the groups and the acts of the 60s, the Beatles, the Stones, the Led Zeppelins, the Who and so forth, are still kind of legends, whereas Cliff Richard is not, yeah. if I can say that is that they made it in He's America and therefore they became absolutely huge. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it eventually became, the situation was that you, you couldn't sustain a career in Britain unless you made it in the United States because that gave you a fresh world to conquer all the time. Yeah. So you could get bigger and bigger all the time. And, uh, and the acts who didn't make it in America are the acts who kind of came back and, and split up. Yeah. Because if you couldn't be big in America, there was a limit to how you could grow in the UK. Because it's a very small market. America's a huge one.
Uh, the, the other interesting thing that never struck me before, I think it's a, a very interesting point, is that sort of post-war Britain, even the early 60s, was still quite austere, wasn't it? And they went to the States and they were like kids mm. in a candy shop, a lot of these musicians. They couldn't believe, Graham Nash of the Hollies couldn't believe it, that if you couldn't go to the restaurant, you could actually phone the restaurant yeah, take and they would send the food <laughs> to you. That seemed just absolutely extraordinary. And there, you turned on television in an American hotel and it came on straight away. <laughs> Whereas in Britain in 1963 or 4, it wouldn't do. You know, so it, we, you know, we were a poor country getting poorer, whereas America was a wealthy country getting more wealthy. So it's a brilliant place to go if you're a kind of... 21-year-old rock and roller. Yeah. And the world's quite homogenised now. You, wherever you are, you, it's similar stuff. Whereas here in America in those days, was, as Paul said, completely different to Britain at that time. That's what the stars discovered, didn't they? So quite interesting. And um, what was I going to say there about... Um, Yes, this idea of speaking the same language was a very key thing, wasn't it? To because it, French big music scene, but they didn't really make it in America, did they? Not at all, not at all. Whereas you know we spoke the same language, and we had completely absorbed America's uh, you know vernacular music, if you put it that way, blues and soul and R and B and so forth. And we just sent it back with a different spin. That's yeah. the interesting thing, and we didn't realise how different it was until it went down in America, you know. So you take a song like House of the Rising Sun, which is kind of a, new, a blues song about a, a brothel in New Orleans. The best version of it is done by a group from Wall's End, you know, on the Tyne, yeah. who didn't know what a brothel was, really, and didn't know what New Orleans was either. <laughs> but somehow they gave it a quality that American acts couldn't give it at that time, you know. And, and a big difference is we had groups... They didn't really have groups. Mm. They had loads of solo acts, all called Bobby, and then they had <laughs> instrumental groups. Yeah. Whereas we had, you know, the Beatles, the Stones, and the Animals, and all these acts. And what American youth loved about them was that they were like families. They were like gangs mm. that you wanted to join. So it was more than just the music. It was the kind of what we would now call image, you know. It was personality Yeah, is a huge part of what made them really appealing in America. But there were solo acts. I mean, like Elton John, as we've seen mm. in the recent film, he goes and does that kind of almost semi... They were kind of second wave, though, yeah. wasn't it? That, that is a, it's it's definitely the same yeah. one. Well, the weird thing about Elton John is his, his big breakthrough record in America was Tumbleweed Connection, yeah. which is all songs about the Old West. And they'd never been to America at this point. <laughs> so the, the lyrics are written by somebody from Spalding in Lincolnshire. <laughs> the, the, the music is written in Pinner, you know, and yeah. it's recorded in Water Street. And the cover, which if you can see it, is meant to look like a, a frontier railroad station. It was actually photographed on the Blue Bell Railway down in Sussex. So it's, it's yeah, completely it's made in England yeah. version of America. And bizarrely enough, the Americans absolutely took to it. Yeah. And he was huge from the get-go in and America. And Rod was very big, Rod Stewart, wasn't he? Very big in the States. Well, Rod Stewart was the person who, you know, the key record is Atlantic Crossing in the mid-70s, mm. which where he very definitely made a decision he was going to base himself in the United States and he was going to make a record for the American market, he wasn't going to make it in America. Yeah. And so... I, I always think nobody in Britain has felt quite the same about, about Rod Stewart ever since. <laughs> that there's always a feeling that we were kind of slighted. Yeah. by Rod turned his back on us 
and went over there for his wealthier friends. Yeah. You know. Oh, but we love Rod, though, here oh, at yeah, all. No, very. He, he may even be working for a suit. He may even be... Oh, well, very. What a sound individual. He may be listening. But they started to create groups for the American market, a band like Bad Company, which was made up of a lot of sort of great British musicians, but Peter Grant, who was Zeppelin's manager, kind of created this band that had a very American sound with Paul Rogers. Very definitely, because what... You know, Peter Grant had gone out there with the Yardbirds and so forth and had seen that there was this vast untapped market, mainly of long-haired 18-, 19-year-old American males who just couldn't get enough of kind of... That kind of macho noise. Throwing frisbees around enormous <laughs> domes. Yeah, that's Absolutely. it. That's what they used to do. And they it? would turn up in huge numbers. Yeah. And the first group that kind of designed for the American market were Led Zeppelin, really. Mm. And so Bank Company very definitely came in their wake and, uh, you know, positioned themselves in America very, very successfully for two or three years. Yeah. And as you say in the book, this really this period only really lasted from 64 to the early 80s. And by, by that point, American the American becoming bigger yeah. again, yeah. Yeah, okay. what happens in the early 80s is with MTV, MTV arrives in America and they haven't got enough videos. Whereas in Britain, we had tons of videos because they were all making them for Saturday morning television. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, we supplied that need and so you got Eurythmics, Culture Club, Duran Duran, those acts were really big for a while. But then you get the return of the American acts in the mid-70s, Madonna, Bruce Springsteen, Prince, Michael Jackson. And the thing about American acts, big American acts tend to be solo acts. Yeah. Big British acts tend to be groups. And so there was a very definite shift of emphasis at that point. And it's never really gone back since. Wow. Uh, before we let you go, though, quick word on Spurs. You're a Tottenham fan. Are you, are you a Jose fan? Were you sure originally? We've seen this since he came in. I, I can't. I, I, the, the the hiring of Jose rather reminds me of in the record business when uh, you know record companies down on the luck throw a lot of money at a superstar yeah. <laughs> in the hope that they will rekindle the success that they've had somewhere else. And and, and I find it rarely happens actually. Yeah. So. I think it's fair to say I'm sceptical at the yeah. moment. <laughs> well, David, good to see you as always. Thank you very much for coming in. Uh, David's book, Overpaid, Oversexed and Over There, is uh, published by Penguin and is out in hardback now. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We're back tomorrow. We have, I think we've got some clips of the week. I look at the producer. Yeah, we've got plenty oh, of yeah. clips. Quietly confident. Yeah, indeed. We'll do that. Martin Kellner, Tom Macklin, lots of other stuff as well. Uh, until then, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.